0: So we've been talking about the King James Bible on Sunday nights, and I don't know how many weeks it's been now that we've been doing this, but we're now to the point where we're ready to compare verses and really kind of tie this all together on why we stand on the, on the version of the Bible we do. So just to recap, week one we started out with Satan's strategy, and I, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to all these if you missed any of them. We spoke about Satan's strategy. Remember, he showed up in the Garden of Eden to cast doubt upon the Word of God. Yea, hath God said. And he offered to Eve a modified version of God's Word. And don't miss this now. It was barely modified. But it completely changed the way that command was structured. So... Little omissions, little additions, little substitutions can lead to big changes of what God's Word is saying. We talked about preservation. God's Word has been preserved. He is able to preserve His Word through copies. That's important because none of us have the actual original autographs that they were pinned down on. And so God needs to be able to preserve His Word. We look through the Bible how He has done that even in his word. And then we discuss the difference between Antioch and Alexandria, the two places that the manuscripts that are out there get their name. And remember, just in short, Antioch was the center of Christianity. Alexandria was the center of paganized, Hellenized religion. And so it's not a coincidence in my mind that the text that is corrupt has come out of Egypt, where God said to his people, don't go back there. Then we spoke about infiltration, how we see in the Bible, once you get to the epistles, that people were starting to creep in, unawares there was doctrine coming in. They were already fighting false doctrine. It's no different uh, then than it is today. It's always been under attack, God's truth. And then we looked at textual criticism, primarily from about the time that John died, the Apostle John until about when the Dark Ages started, and we looked at what textual criticism was, the different things that were out there at the time, such as Gnosticism and things like this, and how that impacted Christian thought and doctrine, and how that made its way into text. And then we talked about the revised spirit of criticism that showed up after the Dark Ages, you you started to have this Reformation take place, and... Also, with that, you had an explosion of rationalism and existentialism. All these isms were starting to come out, and it was really just a revised spirit of textual criticism, and it impacted the Word of God. And it was during that time that all of a sudden these manuscripts that are supposedly the best showed up. And um, why wasn't God's Word discovered before then if it was so great? So now we're going to compare, and we've got a lot. This is going to be a two-parter, and I'm going to watch the clock because I don't know when to stop. I'll just, whenever I feel like it, amen. amen. Yeah. Got extra time? Yeah. This, morning was short. this morning was short, so I can move the balance of that time to tonight. <laughs> Thank you. The long-winded pastor knew to do that, amen. <laughs> yeah. What a blessing you are, brother. <laughs> Where are we at here? All right, so as we do some comparisons, I'm going to primarily consider the English Standard Version. We will look at others. And the English Standard Version is the one that is making its way into independent Baptist churches. And it's really alarming that we're, we're not staying to the old path. We had a guy coming through once. And I always try to do my research on guys that I don't really know too well. And I knew this guy pretty well, but I didn't know his church very well. So I did some research to make sure, you know, is this somebody I've got to ask when he gets here? Do you use the King James? (laughs) And this is what their website, his home church website said. The Geneva Bible, the King James Version, the New King James Version, the New American Standard Version and the English Standard Version are all acceptable Bible versions for preaching and teaching ministry. That's an independent Baptist church. And so the days of trusting the name on the door are over. There are literally so many changes. There's no way to get to them all. And when I say thousands upon thousands, there are thousands of changes that it would take a whole, you know. We'd have to come in Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Friday. I don't want to do that, Amen. Now, to be fair, if I reference an omission in one verse, it doesn't mean it's missing in that version throughout. It may be mentioned in another verse. But I think it's dangerous just to mess with one verse. So the blood of Christ may be removed from some verses. Other verses may have it. So it's not like a new version may have taken the blood of Christ all the way out. Although some, some have as far as the efficacy of the blood of Christ, and that's why you have people, and I hate to name drop, but it's on my tip of my tongue, and that's why you have men like John MacArthur, this super highly respected guy who can't even get himself to say that the blood's washed away all of our sins. Yeah. Why? Because his version of the Bible doesn't say that. Yeah. So it takes one change, and you can make an argument. You can talk about how it's contradictory, It weakens passages. It puts doubts in the minds of the readers. Um, Satan is subtle. Don't forget that. And so he's not going to just erase all of the Bible. It's got to contain enough truth in order to be palatable as God's Word, to be passed off as God's Word. I would maybe just have you think about it like rat poison or something. It's 95% consumable. But the 5% will kill you. So it has to be palatable enough. So if Christ was taken out right away, nobody would have accepted that. But what if Christ is being removed slowly, little by little? And as you do that and you end up with different versions and at the rate, I can't remember what sermon it was when I talked about the rate in which new Bible versions are coming out, it's quite alarming I think it was on average of every one and a half years. Um, Now, not all of those become popular. Just think about all the changes when when you talk about that. And, of course, if we keep it up, one day we're going to have a Bible out there that doesn't even have Christ in it. And I'll just go ahead and tell you now, if anybody you know or you have the Message Bible, you need to trash it. So we understand Satan seeks to destroy the Word of God. He wants to corrupt the Word of God for believers. His strategy is simple, but it's effective. And if Satan would seek to corrupt the Bible because it testifies of God, then it stands to reason that one of his objectives towards God's children is to keep us away from His Word and experiencing God's power. So our power to experience God, this may be uncomfortable for Baptists, amen, but it's not just Bible study and prayer, but it's prayer and fasting. And we learn God's will for our life from his word. We get to know God better by studying his word. We can experience God's power uh, through fasting. And therefore, it should come as no surprise that Satan is trying to rob God's children of this blessing by having it removed from modern versions. In Matthew 17, you'll probably be familiar, but a man's son was demon-possessed, and he had gone to the disciples to have the... The spirit cast out. They could not. So the man comes to Jesus after. I believe this is after he comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, if I remember correctly, but don't quote me on that. And he now goes to Jesus and asks Jesus to cast out the demon. And, of course, Jesus had no issue in doing that. And the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Why could not we cast him out? And in our King James Bible, long story short, verse 21 howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Amen. And guess what? Verse 21 is completely missing in modern versions. Why take out prayer and fasting? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? It ought to. It ought to make you wonder what's going on here. Why that? Same scenario in Mark 9. King James says, but by prayer and fasting. But for some reason, prayer is there, but not fasting in the ESV. Why remove this? Could it be Satan does not want us experiencing God's power? You say, you really think Satan's behind it? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 7.5. Boy, we could have really made each other uncomfortable at the sweetheart banquet if I'd have went to this verse. (laughs) Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. the ESV, the underlying part, that ye may devote yourselves to prayer. So why is fasting removed? Now we're supposed to study our our Bibles, amen? I hope you want to study your Bibles. Yes, I said (laughs) Bibles. 2 Timothy 2.15. Y'all be nice to me. It's been a long day. All right. Study to show thyself approved. Amen. Study. uh, Approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Just do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we are to study. Amen. The King James Bible is the only one that tells us to study it. Yeah, I would say so. He doesn't want us studying God's word. Doesn't want us studying or rightly dividing. Doesn't want us to experience God's power through fasting. And now we're going to get into some doctrinal issues that have been corrupted. We're supposed to profess Christ as our Savior before we are baptized, right? That's what makes us baptist largely. Um, so then Philip opened his mouth and he began to preach at the or began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Well, being a good Baptist forerunner, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. So this is one of those very popular verses, if you've ever studied this, that's easy to go to, because you go to a new version, and all of a sudden it just goes from verse 36 to verse 38. Where's verse 37? Where's the verse that says, if you believe with all your heart, then you can be baptized. Where's the the confession of the eunuch saying, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of... Where is that? Well, your footnote, if you have a modern one, well, some different manuscripts. Anyway, I've already covered all that. Why older doesn't necessarily mean better. Alright, I believe Satan wants to justify baptismal regeneration. So was Christ born of a virgin? Yes, He was. Isaiah 7.14 tells us very clearly, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. In the revised standard version, it just tells us that a young woman shall conceive. There is a difference. Most modern versions do retain the word virgin in Isaiah was Christ born of a virgin? Luke one twenty seven. It tells us, well, let's read verse twenty six. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. In the Good News Translation, once again we see that virgin has been replaced with a young woman. And I guess you got to understand. There's people out there teaching that Jesus was the product of an illicit relationship. And that's why they tell him in John 8, we be not born of fornication. We have Abraham for our father. Well, this is still part of that attack. Same subject, Luke 2.33 and verse 43. Our King James Bible talks about uh, Mary and Joseph. It says, Joseph and his mother esv it says his father and his mother that may seem like not a big deal to you but it is right because joseph was not jesus's biological father verse 43 when they had fulfilled the days as they returned the child jesus tarried behind in jerusalem anybody ever left a kid behind before we got a lot of new kids up in here so it's going to happen amen just don't put the car seat on the roof and start that's going to be bad yeah <laughs> anyway, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. In the ESV it says his parents did not. That's a little more subtle, but still you get the point. King James it, it does keep the distinction about Joseph. Uh, how he was not Christ's biological father, and I believe the modern versions are casting doubt upon that. And and listen, you got to go back and listen to the spirit of textual criticism messages to understand this is what's being manifested in these changes. This is what they were discussing back in those days. And it was all about attacking who Christ was. Christ was born of a virgin again. What about Acts 2.30? Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins... According to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on the throne. Now, this is a reference to the Davidic covenant. And this little phrase, according to the flesh, is very important. When you look at the modern version, being therefore a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne. Again, Christ, his father, was I mean, he was conceived of the Holy Ghost, right? right? And so to say, according to the flesh... It's important to keep the distinction of, of Christ being born of a virgin. Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. That's important as well. When you get to modern versions, the only begotten is missing. Very famous passage here, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. When you look at modern versions, most of them are going to say He gave His only Son. Well, that's wrong on a couple of levels. Number one, I'm His Son. Begotten means Jesus' nature was received from God the Father. Jesus was not a partaker of God's nature like we are through adoption. But Jesus is God's nature. Amen. So it means Jesus wasn't born with man's sin nature. Removing begotten begins to question the virgin birth and Christ's deity. So these words are important. And it's the same with those passages as well. Mary was not sinless. Somebody say amen right there. Luke 1.28. It speaks of Mary and the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou, art, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And she was. She was. ESV, and he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. You say, what is the big deal? Blessed art thou among women being omitted. It paves the way for the Catholic doctrine to venerate Mary. They say she was born sinless. They say she was resurrected. I mean, she ascended. They got all kind of wacky teachings on Mary. Um, The King James says Mary was found among women, not above women, and that's important. She was another woman that needed to be saved. Doctrine of the Trinity is under attack. say, what's the Trinity? Some people hate that word. Well, you'll get over it. But it's the manifestation of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. 1 John 5, 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. So you go to a new version. For there are three that Testify. The Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree. What happened to the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Kind of important. <laughs> so it's one of the clearest verses of, in, in all, the, all the Bible, really, of what we mean by our God being manifested three ways. And so to take this out is, is dangerous. Christ is coming again, Right? Watch therefore, this is Matthew 25, 13. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. (laughs) What, am I drunk? (laughs) Sorry, I'm still like feeling it from this morning, okay? Um, The model prayer, Luke 11, um, 2 through 4. And He said unto them, when ye pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven so on earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we all for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. ESV says and when you pray say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us, anyway you can read. So look at the differences there. I've got them highlighted in red on the King James. They're missing from the modern version. Um, These are significant removals when you think about what they're removing. Uh, Our God is in Father, or our our Father is in heaven, amen? Um, We want His will to be done because it's done in heaven. We want it done on earth. Deliver us from evil. Man, well, if you're back in the early centuries and you're caught up in Gnosticism, you may not have that sentiment. All right, Matthew six thirteen, same subject. It ends by saying, For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And it is not there in the ESV. So the model prayer was given by Christ because a disciple came and said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught. His disciples. And so it's been attacked. I, I believe Satan doesn't want us to learn how to pray. That goes back to, to prayer and fasting and all that. So, does the word of God contain any errors? Now, this is a big one. There's, there's several of these, but Mark 1, verses 2 and 3. King James says, As it is written in the prophets, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord, make His paths straight. When you get to a modern version, it typically says this. This is the ESV. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What's the problem here? This is a blatant error. The King James quotes, because it understands that it's quoting Malachi and Isaiah, it says the prophets. The modern versions just say Isaiah. That's an error, folks. I don't want errors in my word of God. Amen. Who provoked God coming out of Egypt? Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 16. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all, the King James says, that came out of Egypt by Moses. In the ESV, it says, For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? No. <laughs> no. Modern versions incorrectly state that all who came out of Egypt rebelled against God. But the King James makes it clear, howbeit, not all did, right? Because Joshua and Caleb did not provoke God. This is another error errors. Corrupted text. Why did Christ come to earth? Matthew 18, 11, For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. Whoop, Take a lap, everybody. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no. If I was preaching Matthew 18 from a new version, we would be out of luck. And none of us would have took a lap. And how sad. So this verse tells us mankind is lost and needs to be saved. The Son of Man is the one who saves. It's a critical omission. It affects the doctrine of salvation through Christ. And I'm trying to be fair. It is retained in Luke 19.10. How are we redeemed? Colossians 1.14 In whom we have redemption through His blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. ESV, in whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Where's the blood of Christ? good night. That just bothers me right there. To be redeemed, it means to be ransomed. We have been purchased. We are purchased through Christ's blood. Amen. But the new Bible version is removed, uh, at least here, the purchase price, and that is Christ's blood. Our sins are washed away, or sorry, are our sins washed away, or are we just freed from our sins? Big difference, right? Revelation 1, five, in the King James, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And from Jesus Christ, let's skip to the last sentence, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by His blood the blood of Christ, it will free you. Amen. It will never lose its power. It can free us from the hold of sin and the penalty of our sins, but Christ has washed away our sins in His own blood. And I like that. This is why you can't go to a, a certain church that's using a modern version and sing, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Why can't you sing it? It's not in a modern version. Wow, I like that song. Yeah. Did Christ purchase the church with His blood or by His death? Take heed. This is Acts twenty, verse twenty-eight. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock, over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased with His own blood. The CEV—I forget what it. Common English. I can't remember what it is now. Last line there, which he obtained with the death of his son. Again, you're just taking things out little by little. More attacks on the deity of Christ. Philippians 2.6, the King James, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men. And being found... In fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. This is what the ESV says. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. What? But made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form. Hold on now. What did we say back there about the 2nd, uh, 3rd, and 4th century folks? Jesus was nothing more than an illusion. Remember that? He did. It wasn't really, it wasn't really Christ as we know it who died. It was somebody in his, in his form that looked like Him. It's all coming out if you understand everything we talked about with textual criticism. And then it says, He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. This is a problem. First of all, Christ is equal with God. And when you remove that, you're casting doubt on who Jesus is. God in the flesh. Jesus did not die because He was obedient. He came to die. Don't miss that distinction here. When it says He was obedient to the point of death, it's almost like, well, He was obedient, we got to put this guy to death. No, He came to die. He came to die to do the will of the Father. This is huge to me. Verse 8 also in the ESV is showing the gender neutral movement. There are over 2,000 times in the ESV that this happens. We're now taking out the he's and the she's and all these things in order to be more politically correct. More attacks here. 1 Corinthians 15, 47, and we're about hitting our target point here for today. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. ESV. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. ESV removes the name of Jesus 18 times, Jesus Christ 51 times, Christ 39 times, Lord 66 times, and God 38 times. 212 removals of the name of God. Something is afoot. Luke twenty three forty two and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. ESV, and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You say, well, that's not a big deal taking out the word Lord. Yes, it is. Lord in the King James emphasizes Jesus as being the Christ. The thief didn't just recognize the human nature of Jesus, but he acknowledges Christ's Godhead. More attacks, Ephesians three 9. I'm trying to wrap this up. Hey, sound room, do you know what number slide I'm on by chance? Oh, man, you guys, I tell you. Um, Ephesians 3.9, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. To bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all All things. Now, why are you going to take Christ out of this? The King James retains Christ as being God in creation, just as John 1 says. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. This is important because we have to understand Christ was God, is God. Christ was God in the flesh. Oh, boom, where are we at? 33, let me know when we get to 40. Somebody start counting. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 3.14 For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Do you see what's happening here? So don't fall for the trap that these are insignificant omissions. There are hundreds of these. Remember Satan is subtle. He'll continue removing Christ little by little from these corrupted versions. This will be number 34. Kaylee, are you counting? Because you look serious. More attacks on the deity of Christ. She's ready to go watch football. Romans (laughs) 14.10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. No, it's the judgment seat of God in the ESV. You say, ah, that's minor. Oh, no. 1 John 5.22 says that God hath committed all judgment unto the Son. So there you go. Yep. It's slowly being removed, Christ's deity. Revelation one eleven. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. ESV I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet saying, write what thou see in a book. Why is... Alpha and Omega missing. Could it be that we don't want to admit that Christ was before all things? Hebrews 1.3, Who being in the brightness of His glory in the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the radiance of God's glory in the ESV and, uh, let's see, of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Earthly priests made purification. They did so through animal sacrifices. The sacrifice of Christ himself purged our sins forever. Amen. They're gone. That's exciting. We're not just being made pure. We are being purged. John 6, 47, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. ESV, truly, truly, I say unto you, whosoever believes has eternal life. Mm-hmm. Believes what? We've got to believe on Christ for salvation and removing on me. Um, what exactly are we to believe on? Let's see. Yeah, there are. There's too many attacks on Jesus' deity for all of this to just be a coincidence. You understand what I'm saying? Um, let's make this the last one, all right? Right? Yeah, why not? Romans 1.20, Colossians 2.9 For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. And then Colossians 2 9 and the King James, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now the Godhead's removed in verse 20 of Romans 1 in the ESV, and it's changed to deity in Colossians 2.9. Christ is deity because he is God. He's not just another deity. And again, if you understand all that, we I was trying to lay all that groundwork. That's exactly the arguments they were making. Christ is just another deity. No. And all three occurrences of the Godhead, that word Godhead, have been removed from modern versions. So this is a big deal, my friends. And we're going to cover a lot more in next Sunday. We'll have to get through it all next Sunday, but I'm being nice tonight. Because I know some of you are just itching to go watch the game. Amen. Actually, I'm ready myself. I got chocolate ice cream, peanut butter. I'm ready. They it. It starts Tuesday. <laughs> Y'all laugh like you don't believe me. Let's be dismissed in prayer.